0: As a highly educated father, raised LDS and having served in various callings, his beliefs began to shift once he quit believing in the Book of Mormon. Currently in a non-monogamous relationship, he finds happiness and peace in his newfound beliefs. This is Doc, and this is his story. Hello? Hi, is this Jay?
1: Yeah. Hi right, Jay, it's it's Doc.
0: Doc, can you hear me good? Yeah, can you hear me? <clears throat> yeah, I can. Awesome. So, yeah, it sounds great. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I'm I'm excited for our interview today. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, thanks I'm for excited. having me on. Yeah, well, thanks for being willing to um, to get on here. It seems like uh, your your story is the one that's piqued a lot of interest. I can imagine. It's, yeah, uh, it's piqued my own interest, to be sure. <laughs> and, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with um, the last part of the story you submitted. Um, yeah. Just because you know, it, it's interesting. When I started this page, I thought I was, um, I thought I was kind of the only one, you know, that that was a little bit um, more horny. I guess I don't know. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) If that's the right word, right? So when I started talking about anything uh, somewhat sexual, it it surprised me how many people actually began uh, being responsive, and and I think that's what's actually attracted a lot of people to the page itself is knowing like, oh wait, there's somebody talking about sex. I've never heard about (laughs) that before. (laughs) Right. And
1: that's all. We're we're sexual creatures, and that's kind of the. You know the challenge of our life is to figure out how to how to make that work and you know what how to fit it in the confines of our uh upbringing and culture and so forth
0: yeah so i wanna i wanna dive into i wanna dive into your um uh your upbringing will you will you tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah i was uh, raised in a rural community in uh utah and Good, good middle class family, uh, tight knit ward, kind of an idyllic upbringing. Uh, I have good parents that did their best with the their knowledge, and certainly uh, they weren't perfect, but they tried hard. And
0: yeah, duck we lost you there, oh, shoot <clears throat> Hello? you got
1: you got me now,
0: yeah, yeah, I got you now,
1: oh, you know what, I think my phone must have uh, anyway, I'm not sure what happened. you got me now, so yeah, you can still hear me, okay, yeah, um, yeah, so anyway rural community upbringing very staunch uh l d s uh great tight nord- tight knit ward and uh uh you know all the all the makings for success it was always expected that you would do the things that you know go to church uh go on a mission marry in the temple and so forth and that was that was sort of like your path and it was just sort of a given um so that was my upbringing. I uh, served a mission and came home and got married very shortly thereafter. And very shortly thereafter, according to the guidance of our leaders, started having kids in college. So that was, uh, you know, I did all the thing. I I was doing all the things, um, and you know, we're happy. We're we're. We were on the covenant path, so to speak. Although I don't think at that time that phrase had been coined, but we were definitely on it.
0: So this was, um, you know, I I know you want to keep your your privacy here, but how how long ago was that? Then that you had served your mission? Uh, Mid nineties, kind of in the uh,
1: the glory
0: days. It was a great time. I
1: served a foreign mission, and I really did enjoy it, and was you know, all in. It was uh you know, I I I believed the message a hundred percent. And I I tried my very hardest to to live the rules so that I could have success, you know, obedience with exactness, like the the stripling warriors and
0: yeah. And it was it was a good time, yeah. So I don't know if you listened to Brian's story. Um uh, just, Bits here A little bit, there, yeah. Um, did you ever have that itch that, like, you know, this isn't for me, or were you just always, always kind of bought into it? I always bought into it. Uh, it always seemed like, and I feel
1: like that, as I've reflected on that, it, part of it might be related to uh, my desire to uh, please uh, everybody, my parents, uh, other people um the lord i wanted to to be seen as worthy
0: okay that 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 makes sense i feel like i've been a lot like that too yeah um so so you got married started having kids and um going into that like did you ever did you have a lot of callings then in the church uh well, during my schooling,
1: there wasn't a lot of time, but yeah, I mean, my wife and I we taught uh Sunday school we were were in the primary a little bit uh I think I was in a couple of elders corps presidencies, that sort of stuff um or instructors it's It's been a while since you know, thinking back on the early days, but yeah we're always we're always active with callings. I did them as best as we could with the limited time we had. You know, I was a full-time college student and I had a full-time job uh, because we had kids. And my wife uh, made a decision after our first child was born to stay home, which was a pretty fateful decision for her as she had, you know, never really wanted to have a lot of kids and was very career-oriented. But again, she also... Had a great desire to please her parents, to be to 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 choose the right things, and so when our first child was born, she,
0: she the the right thing to do was to stay home, and so she did. So, uh, re- reading this, uh, reading your story, you know, you, you guys had several kids, yes, you know, not, not just one or two. Did you? <clears throat> Was that also out of obedience and, and being faithful, just like, you know, we got to multiply and replenish the earth? Or uh, I think so. You know, it was, we, you know, I remember
1: as a pre-medical student uh, studying different uh, teachings of the prophets. And one thing really stood out to me was a uh, uh, counsel by President Kimball uh, urging young Married couples not to delay childbearing uh, in lieu of their work or studies, and I took that count. We took that counsel to heart, uh, and you know, trying to do the right thing, and it it made it very difficult when we were able to do it. But it was it was very challenging. But yeah, it was it was the uh, and and a little, I guess, a little bit of it's cultural. I don't know how much of it was cultural, but certainly we. always felt like we were supposed to bring spirits into the world
0: to, you know, raise up. And, um, during this time, I mean, what was your um, testimony built around? I mean, was there like just spiritual experiences you you had or like, or was it just a lot of just regurgitation and just kind of going with the flow and trying to,
1: you know, it's, you know, it was spiritual experiences. I mean, I, my mission was really formative, uh, to me, Um uh, Mary, you know, marrying my ceiling to my wife in the temple was like, I, I look at it now as probably more of a neurochemical thing, you know, marrying the, the love of your life and getting to go to bed with her that night. Uh, but it was a singular experience. and. And then just my upbringing, you know, you, you, you it, it's repeated so often since ever since you can remember that it, it's just how it is, you know, and I don't ever recall, you know, the Moronite's promise, uh, if you shall receive these things and so forth, I don't ever recall having a distinct uh, answer saying, yes, this is true, but it, it always kind of just. Felt like at what I was supposed to do, and so you just went with it, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, <clears throat> I mean that that's awesome. i, I mean, When I I think back on that, and then I reflect back on Brian's story, it sounds like, you know, just the upbringing is interesting to me because you know you you see so many couples now. I'm living in Provo right now, right? So I look around, and there's a lot of people that are. I bet if you came back, if you if you were around Provo, you'd just look at a young version of yourself, right? Never, oh yeah, for sure. Ne- never assuming you were gonna, at some point, um, break away from that. But what? Um, <clears throat> I mean, in your story, you talk about how you feel uneasiness about church culture, um, and and how so? How does that start start going in? Was it like, was it a political shift, or or how did that start?
1: You know, that's a good question. And I've tried to pinpoint that, and I don't know if I have a perfect answer. I will say that my wife has been very influential uh, on me in a really good way. So uh, I've always told people that she's the most Christ like person that I know. Like, whatever you think of Jesus, whoever he is to you, uh, he epitomizes goodness, you know, kindness and love. And that's always been her. She's, uh, she, you know, growing up in a rural community, I grew up pretty judgmental of other people and their shortcomings and, you know, not making the right choices and so forth. And, and she gently and mostly by example, taught me to lose that and just to see people for who they are. So as as she influenced me in that positive way as, as, as time went on in our marriage and, you know, as I finish training and start my job and we settle down in a, a city and put down some roots and we start, you know, you know having our callings and so forth. Uh, she's always been a steady rock of, of love and, and non-judgment and it draws people to her, draws so many people to her. Uh, because they 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 love being just loved and not judged and the culture of the church has well at least in a lot of places seems to be more uh, concerned about outward appearances uh, who's doing what and how well are they doing it and You know, and that's, you know, that it almost creates like a class system within the church of people who've got it all together and people who don't. And I I didn't really like that. And I don't really like that. And so maybe that was part of the thing that started to bother me a little bit. I could see the, you know, the judgment going on that I didn't think was appropriate. Um, And then, you know, six or so years ago, maybe seven uh almost on a whim i don't know what prompted it i decided to kind of take a look at uh, church history Uh, my intention was not to um, find a reason to leave it was simply to learn more and to gain some more context Uh, so i read uh, richard Bushman's book uh, rough stone rolling uh, which as you may know, Richard Bushman is a uh, patriarch in the uh, LDS Church. And uh, he, you know, he's a really great historian. And the, the reference material he used for that book was pretty extensive. I mean, I got 70% through that book and realized the rest of it was references. And it was well-researched. Uh, and he admits it from the get-go that he is, that you can't write about Joseph Smith from a neutral ground. He he doesn't think you can. You either write about him as a believer or as a non-believer, uh, given the polarizing nature of his of his figure. And he 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 admits up front that he's writing from the lens of a believer. Nonetheless, it, it gave a lot of context to me about how the the nuts and bolts of the church, how the sausage was made, uh, what the specific revelations and doctrine and covenants uh, you know their 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 context and at, at first it kind of helped me, you know, just to...
0: Wait, I lost you. Uh, uh, I lost for, uh, you for a sec. Oh yeah. You I said, you said first... it helped you understand. Yeah. H-
1: Help me understand a little better about, um, you know, how uh, the context about Joseph Smith's upbringing and how the how the church came about and so forth. And so I, <laughs> it, it kind of opened my eyes and I was like, huh, wow, that's, a lot of interesting stuff that I didn't know, but okay. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't expect the church to be dropped on him out of a cloud and, and, you know, it developed as a process and that was just kind of the process. So I kind of put that to rest for a while. Um, but that was that, that book plus the, um, the, uh, my concern about the, the culture of outward appearance and judging, um, probably formed some of my first doubts. Hmm.
0: So, uh, and I got to ask you this, was your wife, I mean, was she, was she doubting too, had she left or was she still very active and faithful at this time that you were, that you were having these doubts? You know, she didn't really love the
1: fact that I was reading that book. And I've come to realize that she's probably, she had. She's always had a different and more nuanced view of things. She's always made her main focus being like Jesus, uh, and and how she treats other people. And the the rules uh, weren't such a concern to her, although she kept them. You know, at least at that time, she still learned her garments and you know keeping all the th- the rules, word of wisdom issue, and and going to church and fulfilling callings. And a lot of it was. I realized later, just kind of a deep, deep seated uh, desire to please everybody and not to cause anybody pain. Because as you've probably witnessed, when when people um, start to not live all the church principles or start to do things that are contrary, there's a lot of shame and judgment that goes on with that and, and a lot of pain, especially for immediate family members. And she never was interested in and drawing any of that sort of negative attention. So, um, I think subconsciously it was mainly be like Jesus and don't hurt anybody. So that, that's kind of, that was her MO as far as I could tell at that
0: time. So yeah, we were all, you know, yeah. all in at that point, you know? So then what, um, <clears throat> and let me ask you this because you, you go back to being judgmental and, and I bring this up, I'm you know, I'm, uh, I'm into politics, right? Um, yeah, ran for office and Yeah, absolutely. I'm sad you didn't win, dang it. I know. But um I'm and thanks for that, but I I'm, I'm curious one one thing I've noticed um you know as I've as I've become more open-minded, you know, I've I've become more compassionate towards you know, um gay people and and you know as I've gone through my own sickness, I've become more compassionate towards, you know, some social things, um, like in regards to healthcare and and things like that. And so I've noticed as that, that shift, you know, it it has changed some of my own like moral views. Would you say, I mean, did that, did that kind of happen with you too? Were you, um, were you like a staunch Republican and and then kind of like just from a political standpoint kind of shifted or, or, um, or no? Uh, I have shifted actually
1: quite a lot <clears throat> and I don't think that uh, I think there's room in the world for all views and uh, I think that we would be better off in our country with multiple political parties not just two but uh, I I have shifted to a more liberal viewpoint of of people and of uh, Policy and so forth. Um, so yes, definitely. I I was a Republican. I then I was independent for quite some time, and uh, now I'm a Democrat. Uh, I don't agree with everything about either party. I don't think you have to, but uh, I do tend to lean quite a bit more left. Um, and, and there are there are shortcomings to that. I'll admit, you know, having having worked my tail off for. 13 years of school, I value hard work and sacrifice. And, you know, not, a, you're not going to get handouts. Uh, and you should be able to do a lot on your own to, to, to advance your, yourself. But I also realized that there are a lot of people that um, aren't going to be able to do that. And um, our society is best served if we take care of each other, though, the nuts and bolts of that are what, what constitute the differences in policy
0: but i do tend to lean quite a bit more left um on a lot of things the 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 reason i ask that is i'm just so curious and i'll probably ask guests in the future this is just just to kind of see if there is some kind of correlation between you know as as one begins to open up their minds just not not just about the religion but if that also creeps into other aspects of their life so um going back to that though so Um, You have this doubt, you, you know, you begin to have these doubts. And then how does that, how does that continue to grow? Well,
1: I, uh, I, uh, you know, it's interesting and it's a funny, it's kind of a funny way how these things come about. I, I, was an elder after i was a young men's president <laughs> i was an elders quorum instructor and um the nice thing about that was it didn't take a lot of time and i could pick the talks that i that i that aligned with my views and a lot of them didn't and but i had
0: leeway and what I, do, what I, do you, I, what do you mean they didn't align with your views at this point like what what kind of talk what kind of topics would wouldn't align with you uh
1: anything related to
0: uh Traditional marriage
1: I found concerning because of my reading upon how the proclamation of the world came about that, that kind of really bothered me. It was uh, basically an amicus filing with the Hawaii Supreme court state Supreme court in the late nineties in an attempt to block them from legalizing same sex marriage. The church had to show a compelling interest uh, to be able to have that brief filing accepted as an amicus brief, and so that's kind of how the proclamation came about. They made a declaration.
0: Oh man, you cut off again for everybody listening. Yeah, yeah, I'm, right well, here. I'm right well, here. Right here. well, let me let me just tell the listeners this: you know, every time it cuts off, just feel free to fast forward 15 seconds and then come back. <laughs> but Sorry I, about that. Also, no, anyway, so yeah, so
1: cool. just how the proclamation came about is a, a piece of anti-gay. Um, uh, legal uh, a legal document and then because the, because it was part of our doctrine now they they could claim that they had a compelling interest in you know fighting against gay marriage and I, I didn't really love that so I, I could choose that talk I could I could avoid the ones that I felt like were judgmental to fringe groups or minorities and I could focus on the ones that uh, Talked about Jesus and how to treat your fellow man, and there are those, and they're great, and I love them.
0: So, oh, by, uh, by the way, I want I want to point this out though, because I I didn't even know that about that the proclamation. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah that's... you should you can Google that, and
1: it it, it it talks about you know Elder Halverson I think was of the area of seventy in the nineties, and he brought it over Hawaii, and he brought that the the impending potential legalization of same-sex marriage in Hawaii to the attention of the brethren and so that's where the legal wheels started turning so that and and there was an active fight against it and that, that's how the proclamation came about it's pretty it's pretty fascinating
0: that's interesting um, though cuz like like you said how bushman said you can kind of look at things through the eyes of a believer or a non-believer and if you look at it from a non-believer it, it definitely just makes sense that it's a legal issue but as a believer you're like this was revelation that was exactly yeah so and and i and i give people you know
1: you can see it how you want to see it but but regardless of how you want to see it that's that was the impetus of it you know was it revelation spurred on by current events well if you're a believer that's what you'll say is it just propagating the uh the uh the (coughs) traditional family and you know trying to fight against the legalization of gay marriage well you could argue that too so and and that's also one of the that's also been something that has bothered me for a long time is the what the uh why are we so afraid of uh, gay marriage what 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 same-sex marriage has hurt you like i can't think of any that have hurt me you
0: know, or hurt my yeah. Back. Yeah, I lost you again for a sec. Um,
1: okay, I'm sorry, I'm here. My phone keeps. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to keep it from turning off. But anyway, yeah. What what gay marriages hurt me? What ones hurt you? I I can't think of one. Um, so anyway, that those are some issues that kind of uh, bothered me. And then
0: here's here's what really happened. And I don't know if I'm. Giving way too much information. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, keep in mind, I don't edit this. So, so maybe you know you want to think about your words here because I don't, I don't edit this. Because yeah. one, I don't know how, but I'm just saying yeah, it's real. Right. <laughs> so. Um. Okay. Here's here's
1: here's um. Here's uh. So so two things kind of happened that kind of catalyzed some further interest. The first was uh, my wife was having really impressive insomnia and anxiety and we were really trying to work this out and trying to figure out what to do we tried different medicines and so forth and they weren't uh, really helping and I was talking to some people at work and they said well a a glass of wine before bed always helps them calm down and sleep well and like I mean we haven't tried that so and I don't know anything about alcohol All
0: right, you cut out again yeah. yeah. And I I, well, I don't know. You don't know don't anything know. about
1: alcohol? Yeah. So I I I go incognito into the liquor store, petrified that somebody's going to see me. <laughs> and <Thank you. laughs> I, I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about wine. I'm like, I Google, do a quick Google search about beginner wines. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I guess I'll just pick that one. So I just grabbed a random bottle and I brought it home. And I said, babe, well, we had talked about this. They said, let's Let's see if this helps i mean we've tried other things we've tried cbd oil we've tried prescriptions and whatnot and so for the next couple of weeks I, you know gave her a glass of wine before bed and it did a couple of remarkable things now it's not you know alcohol i've learned since then it's not a good sleep aid because you don't get into rem sleep so alcohol sleep is not good sleep uh so but i didn't know that you know i'm just trying to figure stuff out for her and yeah. A couple things happen. She drinks a glass of wine and it like uncovers, pulls off all of her anxiety. And I see this young, flirty, happy girl that I met and married. I'm like, oh my gosh, there you are. It's like, wow. It just kind of peeled back a layer of anxiety. And and, and I saw my, I saw my bride again. Uh, And it did help her sleep. And so She liked it. And so she would drink from time to time and I would go to the liquor store incognito and pick her up stuff. And I got thinking, (laughs) you know, this girl, this girl is, first of all, she's in the state gang women's presidency. Uh, She runs this amazing girls camp. Um, She, all the girls love her and she's the best person I know. And a little bit of alcohol here and there makes her happy and just peels back her anxiety. And I'm like, but you know what? if she goes to interview for a temple recommend, she's not worthy. And I'm like, that's bullshit. This girl is the best. This is the best girl I know. There's no way that if, if if she's not worthy, uh, then nobody is. Uh, And that was the first thing. It just like, Oh my heck, you know what, what is, what is this worthiness business about anyway? So that was the first thing. And the second thing, uh, your, your listeners are probably going to judge me harshly for this and I'll give it to them, was TikTok. Um, my daughters were on TikTok and making little videos and I'm like, I'm going to be a good dad and I'm going to follow them on TikTok just so I can be aware of what they're doing. Um, you know, not to, not, to, not to bust them up too much, but just to, just to be aware, you know. Yeah. And I, I stumbled on to Exmorm and TikTok I was like, oh, it became pretty intriguing. And a lot of the stuff that some of the, the, the content creators were talking about were, were, were concerns I had. And it sort of kind of gave voice and direction to my concerns. And I was like, oh, you know what? I can see a lot of cultural things that I don't agree with that they're, they're talking about. What does this all mean? And so finally, um, after a couple of years, I dared uh, type into the search bar, uh, Mormon stories, because I knew that that was your ultimate anti-Mormon
0: <laughs> website, right? Wait, it's so, like, so how how long ago was this? Because TikTok, I mean, I really got on TikTok like last year. <laughs> so oh, was, I've,
1: I've, I've been out. on it. It's like so. three years ago. Oh, okay. My, yeah, about three years ago. <laughs>
0: um, but, <you> know, <clears throat> stories.
1: I, I I got I got on there just just to like. And, and, and to be fair, Mormon stories has evolved. It's, you know, Richard Bushman has been on there. It's, it's nobody who's pro-church really dares go on there anymore. Although Julie Hanks has done some episodes with uh, uh, John DeLynn um, where they've had kind of panel discussion. But by and large, it's uh, interviewing people who have left the church nowadays. So I didn't know where to start on there. And I wasn't looking to binge on anti-Mormon material. So I looked at the top ten uh, uh, podcasts regarding truth claims, and I um, I found one regarding DNA in the Book of Mormon, and I listened to that, and that just just that just like shattered me because um, I I do have some genetic training in my you know, as as my background, and and I realized that what what these geneticists were saying that. The Book of Mormon do- genetically doesn't fit. It doesn't, there's no, it's not here. It's it's nowhere to be found uh, genetically. And then when you kind of follow that up with the anachronisms and the, the archeologic paucity of data and so forth, I, I came to realize that this is not a historical record. And, and yeah, and I've read that book. I've read it a dozen times. I've cross-referenced it ad nauseum. I've underlined everything. I've—I know that book, you know. So it's not like I kind of skimmed it one time and then decided. I mean, I've—I have studied this book, um, and all of a sudden, that sort of dawned on me that this was—this was not what I thought it was. And as the keystone of the religion, it's kind of like a house of cards when you when you flick that out of the way, it all kind of comes tumbling down. And that's what it did in my brain. I'd had all these doubts built up
0: and all, all these concerns regarding. Well, <clears> let me ask you about, let me ask you about these doubts though. Um, yeah. You know, having these doubts, uh, were you starting to become, you, you know how they say, you know, when somebody starts leaving the church, they stop reading, they stop reading the scriptures. Were you kind of in that phase or were you still kind of just, you put them on a shelf and you're still, you know, chugging along. How 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 was it at the, at that point?
1: Well, I was still reading enough to fulfill my calling as an elders' quorum instructor, and we were still having some family prayer, and we were still going to church every Sunday, and we were still active, um, and I would go through spurts of study uh, and and reading, uh, but I certainly wasn't. You know, reading the Book of Mormon an hour every day, like I was when I first got off my mission, you know. Yeah. So, so I think I was probably somewhere in between, Uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's part of your, it's part of your site, it's part of your person persona. Yeah. You know, it's part of who you are. But when that came down, I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So, if, if this is really not true, then, you know, it's it's almost like you you feel sick, and yeah, um, and then not only that, you're like, well, what do I do with this? You know what what do I do? And because this is my culture, this is my wife, this is my family, my kids, my parents, my in laws. This is like, like, what do I do with this? Uh, is it? you know and i i feel like there's there's a couple of types of um, mormons and this is probably an overgeneralization there's your validity mormons there are people those that do it because they believe it to be true and that's me that's always been me i i yeah. did it and and a lot of it in hindsight is based on fear and shame yeah uh, fear fear of not making it to <laughs> the celestial kingdom fear of everything fear of cultural repercussions just fear you know and shame only especially sexual shame if you control the sex you control the people and right uh, and and that that's you know that was scary to me what do I do with this information so I sat on it for a while and I stewed with it for a while and I still did my thing and I talked to my wife a little bit about it from time to time, and she was kind of going through her own journey um, in a different way. That's her story, not mine, but it's equally uh, fascinating to me, if not more so. Uh, but it, it, you know, it came to the point where we had to, uh, you know, and, and then I was on the high council for a little bit, but. They they asked me to do it even though I expressed to the state presidency my concerns and to- and you
0: know, this was before the this was before the po- po- the Mormon uh, stories. No, this, is after, this is after. This is after. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, and so
1: I'm like, oh, this is you know, I I they asked me to do that and I said I don't know if I can. Here are my concerns, and they said, well, you we do it anyway. And I said, well, I can serve and I can I can. Be Christ-like. Uh, let me give that a try, and it was awful. I never felt like such a hypocrite. So I, I only did that for a little while, and then when I, when I stopped, when I resigned, when I stopped doing that calling and asked to be released, that's kind of when I stopped going to church. Uh, and that's kind of, and it's when i my wife stopped going to church too. But she had a bunch of things.
0: All right, you stop for a sec. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're good.
1: But she had a bunch of things going on with her. You know, that's her story. That kind of. They kind of, we kind of came together at the same time, really, to stop going. It's interesting. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't obviously work out that way uh, for for a lot of people, but yeah, it was, usually it's
0: like one or the other, and then the other eventually leaves after a couple of years. Yeah,
1: so that that's kind of how it came.
0: You know, it was a long, drawn out process. A
1: process of years, I would say, really slowly. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: So, so when you decided to to, um, ask, you know, to be released, at that point, were you, like, were you just kind of, uh, like, sick of feeling like, like, how did that come about, where you finally just decided, you know, I'm just going to tell them, like, no, like, I'm I'm done with this?
1: Well, uh, some of that's things that were going on with, uh, in our relationship that kind of played into that, but also... You know, I'd, I'd get an email with the agenda and the opening <laughs> song was praise to the man. I'm like, I can't sing that song. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I just, just being on like, just being on that council was like, uh, it was just a lot of administrative, it just, I just felt like the hugest hypocrite. And, and I also felt like that the, the people I was supposed to be serving deserved somebody who was. Willing to do the work and not just sick about it all the time. Like, yeah, I was, I did, I didn't want to like short people of what they needed either. It just says, I, I just couldn't do it anymore uh, because I wasn't into it, <laughs> you know. And so, I think that all kind of played
0: into it. <clears throat> so, um, I'm, I'm just trying to like think of trying to put myself in. <clears throat> that situation I, I can't imagine how hard it, it would have all been especially it was scary uh, yeah.
1: because you know it, it's uh, a very public thing uh and you know if we're we're a known family in our ward and stake and so forth and you know it was very public and very uh uh it was interesting to See the fallout, and the fallout was especially harsh with my in-laws. Um, my parents a little less so, but you know, I, and I can see why. I mean, I had a friend a few years prior leave the church, and my genuine gut reaction was, I was, I was sad and scared for <laughs> him, and I, can't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, wow, you're giving up your. Uh, your temple marriage your eternal salvation and you know how could that happen you know and yeah. his 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 process was kind of a similar process for mine uh in hindsight and and now i get it you know i've seen both sides of that the reaction and so i have compassion for my for my family and for people who feel like we've died uh even yeah. though we're still here and just living our lives and trying to, yeah,
0: trying to, trying to be good people. But, uh, one you know. and <laughs> has your like ward reached out to you? Do they still try to, like, I don't know, invite you to things and stuff like that, or no?
1: They did initially for a little while, and then my wife and I had a bunch of conversations about that. And, uh, as much as we, I, I should probably say this too. Let me back up. Um, one of the things, ongoing things that we found ourselves doing was uh, damage control when we'd come home from church, uh, depending on what our kids had heard in their lessons and things we didn't agree with. And we'd talk about them and just, you know, sort of uh, do damage control. And, you know, we got tired of doing damage control. Uh, there were a lot of things great about the church. I, I don't mean to villainize it. I mean it, Gave me a stable upbringing. Uh, they're good moral values. Uh, and so I don't, and, and they're good people, good people, like our, great people in our work. And that's been the sad part is to kind of lose some of that association with some really neat people. But nonetheless, we, you know, we got tired of doing damage control and we weren't, we wanted to control the message, I guess you could say, with, with what, how, what our kids were being taught and how we were teaching them. Uh, with our values, which kind of hinge basically off the golden rule and natural consequences for actions. And so, we, after a lot of discussion, we decided that we would uh, resign our membership uh, from the church. Um, and we kind of went, through, you know, a couple, we went through that process through our bishop, who's still a friend. And uh, that it was and I told them this is not personal to the ward or the ward members this is just something that we need to do but in so doing it sort of sent a message that you know we're we're still neighbors and everything but we're not you know we're we took our kids off the rolls too and we are not interested in them being uh, evangelized and so they reach out you know bring plates of cookies over for Christmas and we'll bring, you know, we'll see him in the neighborhood from time to time and so forth. But it, ha- it has been interesting that all these people that are your friends, you realize that the only connection you really had with them, with most of them was the, the church. And when that goes away, all of a sudden, you know, like they have no
0: reason to continue being Yeah.
1: yeah they're not there anymore. <coughs> and, and but so, the.
0: Did he like? I mean, were they trying to like encourage you during the psalm? Like, you know, just give it another shot, like read your scriptures, pray about it, you know, like asking you to put your blinders back on and you know, <laughs> start to try to. Uh, uh,
1: my, my bishop did not do that. Um, I sat down with him. I kind of went in as a representative of my family and I, I told him, listen, this is where I'm at. Uh, and we need to be released from our callings, and we're taking a step back. And they were very respectful, very um, yeah, very respectful of that. So, uh, not I know that's not always been people's experiences, but that was ours. They were really respectful.
0: But in inside, because I know when I've so my first faith crisis happened when I re- actually watched the Mormon's one of the rich, first Mormon stories. It was like back in twenty eleven. <clears throat> And I remember for me, it was such a, like you said, you, you, you just feel sick, right? Like yeah. You feel sick to discover and feel betrayed. And there's like all these feelings of anger and and there's a lot of feelings there. And, and I remember when I was talking with my bishop, you know, he, he they, they encouraged me to, I guess, in, in a way, um, put, put the blinders back on and try to read and pray about it. And, then, and I did until eventually I felt like I received the, the proper answer for it. Did that did that occur to you, or were you kind of just like once it once that shell once that house of cards fell down, were you just done done? Uh, once it
1: once it fell down, I I was done. And again, there's probably a lot more to that. That um, yeah, there there's there are a lot more, and and this is one thing that I feel like is really important, not just for me or for you, but for anybody uh, listening or for people who are in the church and have a, a family member or a friend go through a faith crisis and It's it's not i don't know maybe some people do it on a whim or do it because they want to sin or do it because they yeah and that and the other but um the um he that it was painful and there were a lot of other things going on that probably i'll kind of keep to myself <laughs> Uh, at this point in time anyway, but um, it didn't happen in a vacuum and it was one of the most painful things I've ever done. And my wife and I both uh, have, you know, gone through counseling to sort of figure out boundaries and figure out how to kind of pick up the pieces and, and, and make a new life because it's, it's, it's almost like you, your, your life ends. Everything you've known is is no longer there, and it's uh, it's really traumatic. And so there's a reason people are angry. Uh, There's a reason people lash out online, and there's a people because they're hurting. You know they're they're in pain, and I understand that. And so I would I would say to those who are listening that uh, that are you know faithful, just just remember that this is people are hurting, and it is painful. And um, a little more kindness and compassion is what they need, not uh, judgment. <laughs> There's plenty of judgment. Uh, we
0: don't need. Yeah. Any, we don't need any more of that. <laughs> yeah, you know when I when I posted your story, there was definitely you know quite quite a bit of haters there. Um, I, I, I don't <laughs> sure. know. If, I don't know if they're gonna listen to this, but do you kind of see? I mean, because a lot of these guys were just younger in their in their earlier twenties, late or late late early early to late 20s early 30s do you kind of see yourself in that though like is that something, something oh, yeah. kind of you would have had
1: oh for sure <clears throat> and so i have empathy i'm not i'm and it doesn't hurt my feelings anymore uh but the the i will tell you this the one of the most amazing things happened to me when we stepped away from the church and then resigned our membership and um, it was like so i was a nuanced member for a while for years. And then Pimo, you know, uh, physically and mentally out, you know, the term, I'm sure, yeah. uh, for for a while. <clears throat> and even then, even then, um, there, things like, you know, missionary service or temple marriage or so forth, it seemed to influence how I saw people, even unconsciously, even though I tried not to let it. But when when, when we finally kind of broke away, 100%, it was the most beautiful thing happened, and it's something my wife has been able to do all along, but I had not. And that was I truly saw people. I saw people as uh, an individual worthy of dignity and love because they simply exist uh, without any prejudgment or precondition. And I thought I was able to see people like that before as a new OS member, as a or as a PMO, but but no, it it was when I when I finally shed that it was amazing how many beautiful people there are in the world. Like everybody's it's everybody's beautiful in their own way. Now that doesn't mean that, that uh, everybody makes right choices. and, And certainly there are consequences to all of our choices. And that's one of the things we try to teach our kids is natural consequences. You know, if you do a, then you can expect B. That's not necessarily sin. It's not evil. It's just natural consequences. So Um, I like that approach a lot better because it takes away shame and fear and it just (laughs) teaches the way of the world and the way way things are. So yeah, there's people that are drug addicts. There's people that have all sorts of problems of their own making that have suffered the consequences of either their choices or other people's choices. But that doesn't mean they're not worthy of dignity and love because they exist as human beings. And that was a pretty amazing thing to see um, in my own life that I didn't realize
0: the the lenses i carried even as a nuanced member yeah that's um that's interesting i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not out of the church so i can't i can't say i've experienced that transition but it is a it's interesting to hear that from you um yeah and talking about that so so then what happens next though so you 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 leave the church i mean you 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 take out your paper um, on there, on your confession, it seems like um, <clears throat> your, you know, your oldest uh, child is is still active. Yes. Was that was that hurtful for you? Were you like, come on, join no. us, even or or no? No, not at all. He he's he's a, he is the
1: sweetest kid. Um, he's very like. I mean, he's been raised by his mother, so uh, he's kind and uh, he's very loving. And I think he's probably pretty nuanced um but uh no, we get along great, yeah, he and his wife and and I don't push anything on him, he doesn't push anything on me. I will sometimes have- discussions with a very respectful like yeah, you know he's like, a grown, yeah, well, he's a grown man with agency and he's he's a great kid, so I would never want to do anything to to hurt our relationship that way so no I just let him be him
0: so um well do you do you think eventually just down the road he, he's he's gonna kind of see see what you've seen or you think he's pretty solid in his... no I,
1: I, th- I think he will I think he probably already has to some degree it's mm-hmm. not a hundred percent but I, I I get the idea but there's a lot there's a lot of cultural things at play for him and a lot of different things so I I just want him to be happy, you know? Yeah. Whatever his
0: path is, I want him to be happy. Well, you know, and that, as soon as you said that, I don't know. Sometimes I think about, like, <clears throat> how, you know, how how does Heavenly Father see me? Does he actually care that I'm a Mormon or does he just care that I'm not being a, you know, that I'm not being like a dumbass and doing, <laughs> making bad decisions, <laughs> you know? And I wonder if he's he just, probably... like, Johnny, like, I don't care what you are, but just, just like, live your life good. <laughs>
1: He probably loves you no matter what. And, you know, having kids on all spectrums, I, you know, you, you just, when you see your kids, you just, and, and and I can, if there is a God and, and and I, I have to admit I'm agnostic, but uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not close to the idea, but uh, you know, if, if there is a heavenly father and he, and we are his children, I can't imagine him not just seeing us and this full of love and wanting us to be happy. I, I can't imagine it being any other way. Um, if, if, you know, if we've grown up being taught, at least I was that, you know, being a parent is a small slice of what being God would be like. And if that's true, then he just wants us to
0: be happy. That's all. So, <clears throat> and, and thanks for uh, sharing that. Cause I, I think a lot of listening I, I know some of them are already out yeah. but there's a lot that are nuanced i think anybody that follows the page whether, whether they want to admit it or not they're that they're fairly nuanced you know the oh ones, yeah sure the, the ones that aren't i mean they unfollow or they just lead right away um <clears throat> so so what happens um next in your guys relationship this is the part where i'm sure everybody wants to to know um because yeah the, and you drop it so non nonchalantly like, <clears throat> Even you know, when, I, when you I, first sent I, that, it, I just kind of read over it. And then later on, I was like, wait a minute, what? Uh, <laughs> now I'm, it, now it, I'm more it, curious. Yeah, it was kind of an afterthought. And this is the part where I got to kind of be a
1: little careful because uh, I I think I, you know, in, in the interest of protecting my family and friends, I will say this: that um, re- coming to the realization that, um you know male female monogamy uh really you know marriage uh is definitely is definitely um a wonderful thing that provides stability to family and society and it's probably um it's it's probably the ideal uh, and now in, in saying male female i I don't, I actually don't know that we know that for sure. There are plenty of people who have um, same sex parents that do just fine. And I, and, but, but it's a, but in saying all that, it's a pretty recent construct yeah. in as far evolutionarily speaking, the, uh, the the so-called nuclear family, it's not that old. Uh, it's not that old an idea. Uh, if you look back, um, Um, evolutionary or anthropology, evolutionary biology. Uh, Is it a good idea? Yeah. Yeah. It provides a lot of things, uh, a lot of stability and so forth. Um, But is it the only way to have a family and
0: have relationships? No, it's not. And. Well, um, it's ironic because most of the listeners that are going to be listening are Mormon. And um, to them, I mean, the monogamy is only, it's less than like a hundred years old. Right. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. You know, you're, you're, uh, you know. Let's not get started on Joseph Smith or Brigham Young or so forth. Which uh, yeah, that's a whole other. That's a whole other uh, ball of wax. So, so it's funny how that can be an accepted part of our heritage, and yet the, 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 uh, you know, the so-called ethical or consensual non-monogamy is 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 maligned. It, it, the, the thing that early polygamy lacked was consent, if you really wanted to know the truth. And that's, that's in my opinion, the evil of it, is that it lacked consent uh, with, with folks who decide to open their relationships to, to non-monogamy uh, with boundaries and, and discussions and so forth. It can be really enriching. Um, and, and, it's, and there's consent. You know, it's not like adultery or affairs, which are done in secret um, and which are painful because it's based on lies. Uh, It's it's there's there's open conversation and consent. And it's not I mean, it's not like it's free for all the time either. It's it's not very frequent. You know, we have our lives. we've We've got our kids, we've got our activities, we've got our work. So you're not like, you know. It, 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 people's imaginations run wild but uh um it's well, uh it's a, yeah anyway go ahead
0: no so i want to ask this because i have so one of the questions that i posted up earlier it was you know i asked like what, what kind of desires do you guys have and it's the reason i asked that is because i knew people would start you know putting in their you know d- their desires but also there's uh um, there's an individual who who who's been listening uh the podcast and started a couple days ago, and they've they're in a situation where, and I've talked to this individual quite a bit. They, um, you know, they've been married for <clears throat> a pretty long time. Uh, you know, they they were married just went along with like the church lines and didn't have any partners beforehand. And now they're in this situation where they have this <clears throat> they have this itch. You know, they, they they've had this itch where, like. You know, they they know their their youth is escaping them, and they want to go out and explore and and do things, but their spouse is is not is not on board. I mean, they told me they they hinted once <clears left> at <throat> their spouse, and it was not okay. And um, you know, yeah. and so how, how how does that even go? How does that how do you, how do you bring that topic up? How does this how does this begin to even unfold? This opening oh. relationship. Um. It's kind of interesting.
1: It, it's, uh, I, I don't even know for sure, to be honest with you. It's, uh, first of all, first of all, if, if the spouse is not okay, then it's a non-starter hundred percent because if you, then, then you're just, then, then there's, it's betrayal because there's not consent. There's not boundaries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, that that's the first thing I'd say right off the bat. The second thing is how does it come about? Well, You know, um, if you have, I think the first thing is that you, you are willing to get to know people uh, and become friends with people who are, you know, different than you. And as through the course of that and, you know, gaining trust and confidence and having conversations, you kind of get to know each other's personal lives. And then um, through that, you, you sort of uh, decide if that's something you want to, you know, kind of become involved with, with people who are already kind of involved. That's that's kind of how we, uh, how it kind of came about for us. And we had a lot of discussions about it and um, a lot of back and forth and maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, and then at the end of the day, we thought, you know, we love each other and we want to see each other happy. And uh, this is, these are people that we trust and really care about. And if if it's not for us then we don't have to keep doing it you know there's no rule but at least we've decided we were going to look at it you know and it, because we've decided that as a uh, together there's it's safe you know it, it 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 doesn't come back to like we we can kind of break it down after and say well what how was that for you How's that for me um is that you know was that something we want to kind of look at what are our goals what are our boundaries um, how, you know, it, but the, the key, it takes a, first of all, you have to be fairly stable in your own relationship to even talk about it. And second of all, you know, boundaries and communication are key. Um, and maybe it's a thing, maybe it's a phase, probably is, you know, I don't, Yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe it'll, maybe in a couple of years, it'll be done. we will be like, oh, we did that. That was fun. But we're kind of, we're, we're, we're over that now. Let's, move on to the next thing, but is, but the key is is that
0: there's communication, and boundaries. Is there no like? So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a little bit of the mature questions here, <laughs> uh, you know, like, um, <clears throat> so like, is there no sense of, uh, you know, because I, I I looked at your profile. Can you still hear me?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so it's I good. mean, I looked at your profile. I mean, your your wife is is, is beautiful. You're you're a very attractive. Um, well right so like is there no like sense of i guess insecurity like another another dude's gonna do your wife better and she's not gonna want to leave him or that or for her her to use you know that like oh you know like he just got laid really good now he's gonna want to go away with her and she's really pretty i mean is that not a a fear there
1: well it's it's
0: always a fear
1: so and i i speak like i have a lot of experience and i don't and that's part of the thing it's that you know but it's always a fear but the, the thing that the, the coolest thing has been that you know uh, when you see and, and and it's not just this context and I hear what you're saying with the immature questions and so and, and they're not immature they're honest you know they're I think they're they're normal questions but uh, not only in this context but in any other context when you see Uh, someone that you love um, happy or uh, having joy or pleasure or whatnot, like, you like that. Like, I want to see my wife happy and I want to see her um, uh, fulfilled in her life. And that just kind of translates. And same thing, um, same thing uh, goes with, you know, the other way. It's like, so if and and it's interesting when you when you can develop the level of love and respect for somebody else that it's not about you. It's not a selfish love. It's it's a selfless love. It's almost like I, I okay. So let me let me see if I can put it this way. Um, I I I say it's kind of like my love and my heart are like my outstretched open hand, and my spouse is like a. A butterfly or a hummingbird that can land there because it's a safe place. I'm not going to squeeze it. I'm not going to crush it. I'm not going to possess it. But it's safe there, and it's safe to come and it's safe to go. And when when that person feels safety, uh, was it was there a, of, was there
0: a pun intended with that comment? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> it's safe to come and it's
1: safe to go. You bet. <laughs> 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 I like it. Nice pickup, Jay. Uh, but no, when, when they're safe, they it, it's very like uh, attracting, and it seems so counterintuitive. The times I've tried to grab and, and hold on are the times that they've tried to pull away. And and as long as it's a safe, inviting place, you know, my heart and my you know our relationship it's strong. Uh, and 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 with that comes the freedom to be your own self and it's, it's something I never could, would have imagined um, and it still blows my mind a little bit uh, but uh, it's a real thing so like the only thing I want to see is for my wife to be happy yeah. and fulfilled and I love to hear what makes her happy and fulfilled and she's the same way uh, and so in that context it's like well what's going to make you happy babe you know what, what do you want to do uh, this invite that came up, do you want to? Is do you want to do it or, oh, well, it's not a good time because we already have plans with this. Okay, cool. Not a good time. So you know, it's an ongoing uh, conversation. So,
0: so. so there, there's a couple of questions I want to ask you that you know some of the people have have actually asked, you know, inquiring about this. But here, here's my my first one is: is this like, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure ten years ago you would have never, ever, ever thought you're uh, I guess what I mean. Well, first of all, do you ever do you ever open your relationship? I mean, is it always just like in, with with other couples, or is it just like one on one? Can you just be like, oh, this is a, I like this chick, and tell your wife <laughs> about it? How, how? What are the rules around that? <clears throat> uh, it's couples, uh, people that we know or
1: that we trust. Um, I, that's yeah. I'll I'll leave it at that. There's yeah. some, there's more details, but that's kind of. Yeah. That's kind of the gist of it.
0: So the Mormon Swinger Rumor thing, that that's legit, right? I mean, so it's funny. I was at the Hot Springs like a month or two ago, and there was like these two young couples, and they're both naked in the Hot Springs. And I was like, huh, well, is Mormon I... Swingers like a thing? <laughs> and so is that is it, is, there, is it like a pretty big community?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't. You know, like I said, there. I think there's different levels of involvement. Mm-hmm. And we we're pretty like – uh yeah, i wouldn't say we're like all gung-ho full bore yeah. We're pretty selective and uh so yeah it's it's a decent sized community and i don't think most of them are actually mormon <laughs> they may a lot of them maybe used to be uh yeah at least at least as far as i know but you know like i said we're not it's uh our our uh our discussion has been very uh you know, Very good. I would say limited to people who we trust
0: and pretty infrequent. So um, but go, go, going back, though, was this something do you feel like <clears throat> your thought or your your willingness to lean towards that? Do you think that had to do with I mean, is that something that maybe in the back of your head you've always kind of held? Um throughout your life where you're in you know, like we talked about earlier at the beginning how we're all kind of sexual creatures and you know some of us have these thoughts but we never really let them grow until uh, oh yeah well, every aspect. so or, or how did that yeah i
1: think everybody has i think everybody has fantasies um and to be honest it's um it's not so much oh that's a good question i'm not sure how to answer it. i think that um it became more uh sorry, it's me. hey just a minute guys okay anyway sorry about that um it's not so much <clears throat> i i think it was more of a kind of a natural progression of a lot of events in our marriage that led us to kind of reexamine who we were who we really were as people who i am and who my wife is and um and realizing that you know this is uh these are things that we've. This is kind of uh, our nature, and wow, well, let's just take a look at it, see if it's something yeah. that that we want to that we want to do, you know.
0: Well, and how long have you been doing this for? Just like oh, 20, how many not years? Very,
1: not very long.
0: It's no? just been fairly
1: recent, so it's very new, and we're still kind of on the fence with it as to whether or not it's going to fit uh, for us. Um, yeah, we kind of go back and forth, but but that's the thing. It's an open it's an open discussion and. Uh, there's consent and
0: respect, and so. Um... I was. I was just curious because I mean, I went through, <clears throat> you know, my own phase of promiscuity, or I don't even know how to pronounce it, you know. And I, and I think a lot of people kind of go through that phase prior prior to being married. Were you guys? I mean, were you guys your first for each other? Like, were you? Um. Getting...
1: Um. Yes and no. Uh, I was. Uh, oh, okay but uh, it was a pretty limited thing like it wasn't a
0: yeah you know it, it yeah so well, i was just <laughs> i was just curious because i feel like you've uh i don't know after you've you know had a, relations with so many people eventually it just becomes like meh you know kind of like uh that's not that thrilling okay. yeah. yeah yeah you know so I was just... and,
1: and and to be fair and this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about natural consequences. Um, You know, is is this a sin or is that a sin? I I don't...
0: Uh, You cut out. Sorry,
1: dude. Natural consequences. Is this a sin? Is that a sin? Um, I don't know that that's... I don't like that language, but natural consequences... So let's talk about you, for example. you, You got to the point where, meh, because it became you know, not exciting or, uh, or as exciting as, as it was before. And that's just a natural consequence of that, that, you know, that behavior. Yeah. And so it's not that it's good or bad. It just is. Um, and so based on the natural consequences of what you've chosen or not chosen, <laughs> you can, you can alter your life accordingly. And you can say, well, um, you know, I, I, based on my experience, I think that I'm interested in finding the love of my life and settling down with this person and being monogamous because that's going to be the most fulfilling. Great. That's, yeah. But, but that, that choice is informed by your experiences. Um, and right. So I don't think, that, yeah, I don't like the word good or bad or sin, but it's just, you know, you know what, what, how it affects you and how it affects other people.
0: Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting, because I <clears throat> I often just think about this, you know, it's, speaking back to that person that talked about how they, they're wanting to bring it up to their spouse, and I just, I can't imagine having been married, you know, in my early, like, right after my mission, and then, like, having these, because I'm a curious person, that's why I want to do a podcast where I can ask people questions, but then having all yeah. these, these curious thoughts and curious fantasies, and, and, and know that, you know, if I, you know, obviously I would have turned my life over to... Like Christ and and I would have definitely um, been just straight active and I would have never, ever experienced that. I mean, to go to go my whole life without ever having to experience certain things. Well, yeah. And that's
1: why I think that's why I think that, it, you know, uh, that's why I think purity, culture and shame is especially harmful because it it villainizes uh, your natural, uh, your natural curiosity and, and inclination rather than being ashamed and rather than being um, afraid uh, you can be informed and you can, you can say, well, if I, you know, have sex with this girl or guy, as the case may be, I could, we could get a disease and I could get her pregnant. So wear a condom, this and that. And you, and you just know what what the uh, consequences of it are. And then you decide if it's, you know, if it's worth it and, um but to say that you should be ashamed for having these feelings or you should be evil I, I think it's very harming and counterproductive i mean you're a human being that's why we all exist is
0: because our parents had sex you know yeah on. so um oh that that reminds me a guy wanted uh, me to ask from the from the polls um how like, do your kids know about this? Mm, no. No. They don't.
1: I think it overly complicates things for them. I think my my <laughs> my oldest son might have an inkling, but uh, uh, it's not something that we're. You know, no. I mean, other people's kids do when they're grown, but uh, it's I think it you think
0: needlessly. You think you'll keep it to yourself or, or will you someday tell them?
1: Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think that remains to be seen depends yeah. on what their lives bring them. And if it, if it would add value to, uh, you know, their interaction with them and the, uh, and what they're going
0: through in their lives, then maybe, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think, know. I don't think most kids want to know about their parents' sex life. Uh,
1: they don't want to know about it to begin with, let alone all that
0: stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 No, that, uh, that's, that was one of the questions. Um, but that's, uh, that's interesting. I mean, and then going back through the comments, did any of those like kind of irritate you? I mean, there's a lot of assumptions that are being made that like, you know, like let me, let me go back and read through some of them where they people saying like, Oh, it's going to fail, you know, Eventually. And and things like that. I I mean,
1: well, and that's, and that's a fair comment because that does happen. Yeah. and, And that's one, that's one of the ongoing conversations is, and that's where the boundaries and open communication are are vital, and that's why, like, if you're not in a good spot with your own relationship, then you should probably that's that it will set you up for disaster. So yeah, that's a, it's a it's a fair comment. Um, it doesn't always fail. I know a lot of people that are that are you know into it eight, ten, twelve years, and that's they just enjoy it because they enjoy each other and they enjoy. The, the whole process and there are others that have broken up because of it so it's 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 a fair comment i'll give it to him uh, but there are plenty of other people that have broken up from affairs from you know abuse from just becoming emotionally separated and distant so i wouldn't say that that that's the only way to break up a marriage
0: oh yeah for sure i mean there's there's tons of ways to break up a marriage, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm just trying to think. I feel like I don't know what other questions I could ask that I would. Um, I feel like I've answered all the questions that they've had, and that yeah. have brought to my attention. Um, I guess this one. This one would be more of a immature, not just honest, but like I guess in, when you're in a, you know, debating, are you always kind of like, is, is there sometimes where I don't know or. I mean, you got, Are you guys pretty picky, and 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 both both partners have to be attractive, or are you kind of just, yeah. Like, well, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's and that's that's kind of the the that's kind of what the infre- infrequency of it all is due to. It's that, like I said, it really has to be has to be right. It has to be, uh, it's and and you know, there's give or take in a marriage, as you know, but the it you know, you both need to be, um down with it and and yeah if not then it's just not it's just gonna
0: cause trouble so yeah you ever had a compromise though where you're just like all right I'll, or if she ever had to compromise like i'll I'll take them for the team <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh i i've compromised before <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> yeah i won't yeah. get into details
0: but yeah yeah i guess let's see what other other questions about that but that's uh well, I guess afterwards, do you ever feel like a little bit of resentment, and then kind of just got to work through that, or, or is that just
1: no, nope, haven't? Uh, huh. But that, I think that's partly due to being, you know, so, yeah, like... picky, and, and it's really infrequent. <laughs> so I, that's that you know, we've talked about it and and kind of broke it down a little bit, and but it's been pretty bonding so far, so. But, that, yeah. but that's how that's how we want it. that's how it needs to stay so that's why we're like yeah. you know it's not uh it's not a mainstay but it's
0: something that we look at from time to time you know yeah and i don't yeah other than that i don't i don't know what else anybody would ever wanna no i guess that's just yeah that's just that's interesting i mean is there anything else that you want to you want to add or or, well um as far as i mean i i appreciate being on your on your podcast it's been so fun
1: and i love following your page um i think that the biggest thing that i've learned through i don't know i'm not that old but my life and being mormon and then um ex-mormon is that uh uh just if we could all have a little room for compassion for uh, the other person that that would go a long way. Um, I, you know, I have friends that are nuanced friends that are hardcore and friends that are out and, you know, but we're friends first and yeah, we, and, and I think that's really important that, you know, the, to kind of dish the us versus them mentality and realize that we're all kind of human beings just doing our best and well, just wanting to be happy and, and if we can do that, I think that's what Jesus would do anyway, um, is is love everybody and, and be kind. Um, yeah, that's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I, I think a lot of judgment, a lot of comments that we sometimes see are, a lot of it is usually from <clears throat> younger males in their earlier 20s, um, just still caught up in that. You know that one-track sort of mind and thinking. So it'll be interesting, to kind of see where that what plays out for them in the next ten, twenty, twenty years. You know, I'm sure a lot well, of them look I, back and be like, "Damn, why was I so judgmental?" My my <laughs> younger
1: self. Oh, I'm the same way. Oh my gosh, the <laughs> things I've said before have been so funny. Uh, but and that's the other thing. I guess I would uh, encourage everybody to to adopt a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Uh, remain teachable and remain curious. And like you're doing, Jay, you know, I, I love your curiosity. Uh, Don't ever think you know everything because you don't. And be, be, be willing to entertain new ideas that uh, seem foreign to you and, and, and wonder about them. You know, what, why, why would somebody act that way or why would somebody think that way or, you know, what's behind that? And as long as you can keep that mindset, you'll progress and, and if you know the fixed mindset is uh, one where, pro- where progression halts. And you know, if, if, if you're Mormon, you I'm sorry, we're not supposed to say Mormon. If you're LDS, bad if, word. A, uh, if you're a Latter day Saint, you're, uh, you, you believe in eternal progress, right? And so the way to progress eternally is to keep an open mind, to, to, be, to be willing to learn and reconsider uh your currently held beliefs and and just be willing to do that it's scary it's uncomfortable it's more comfortable to double down and and focus in on what you think you know and just to 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 stick with it but but you grow a lot more and learn a lot more if you stay open
0: yeah well and an interesting thing is i feel like a lot of people feel threatened that if they do open their minds they you know they cave into a certain way of thinking, but that's not how it is. So sometimes, sometimes you can open yourself up and ground yourself even more, (laughs) you know, kind of of realize like, nah, that's just not for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So keep an open mind and be kind. I guess that's the two things.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, I, I appreciate you doc. I appreciate you for, for being on this, on this show and, and you know, we'll, we'll continue to do more interviews with, um, Different types of people, but uh, but I'm I'm glad you shared your story. Um, and if yeah, you thank anything you else for to, having me, if you have anything else to say, I guess we'll just end it here.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, man. We'll to right. you soon,
0: I'm sure. See you, doc. Yeah, for sure. I'll see you. Bye. Bye.